We're rolling. Welcome. Another episode of Blue Tail Boner Podcast. Yeah. It's your boy, Devin Patterson. And here with me, Clint Lawrence. Going on. We have a different Tyler in here. Uh, Tyler Poland is working right now. So um, between hunting season, going back to work, regular schedules, uh, we're just kind of rolling with the punches here and getting in here when we can. But to take his place for today is, is our buddy Tyler Baker. Tyler, what's up? Not much, man. How's it going? Hanging in there. Um, so coming off of the episode with David Vanderport, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we had a, a really good time recording that one. Um, just uh, a lot of good information and some real life shit. So um, we're looking forward to keeping Vandy as a, a regular guest. And I'm sure we'll have him back soon. Uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we kind of stepped away from hunting in that one. And this one we're we're going to dive back in. Um, don't foresee this one being super, super long, but just kind of a little bit of a recap. We kind of want to talk. We've had some questions on um, Instagram and stuff like that as to like what our, our setups are. Um, so we just kind of lay that out and, and what we've been kind of seeing so far. And as we're wrapping up the end of this or yeah, the end of this deer season, what's our... Uh, um, I guess goals are and, and our plans are to try to focus on. So before we get into that, Clint, you want to roll your head of watch? Yep. Uh, the officer I chose was uh, Officer Travis Wallace. He was a... That's, my, that's the first time I had that. My bad. That's uh, terrible. Normally we're harping on Tipo here. I know. Uh, anyways, he was a uh, police officer with the West Helena Police Department in Arkansas. End of watch was Thursday, November 12th of this year. Uh, officer Wallace was shot and killed in the 1200 block of Highway 49 while attempting to arrest a subject wanted for a shooting that occurred the previous week. Officer Wallace and another officer saw the subject in a vehicle and conducted a traffic stop as it exited the motel parking lot. The suspect immediately exited the vehicle, advanced on Officer Wallace's vehicle, and opened fire. Despite being wounded, Officer Wallace returned fire at the, sub- the suspect. The man got back into the vehicle and fled the area with another person. Officer Wallace was transported to the local hospital where he unfortunately succumbed to his wounds. Uh, both subjects were then arrested in Mississippi the following day. The man, who shot the, the man who shot Officer Wallace was charged with capital murder, and the second subject was charged with hindering apprehension. Officer Wallace is survived by his son. Officer Wallace was 41 years old. Well, rest in peace, Officer Wallace, again. That was the guy I used last week. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Did you say that? Yeah. When? Well, I didn't tell you that before we started recording. That was the one I used for Vandy. Well, that would have been handy. <laughs> well, I didn't get it until you already started reading, bud. So I'll let you find it now. It's all good. Rest in peace again, yep, Mr. Wallace. Yep, so, it's all good. Um, Don't hurt to give a shout out two times. Sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one that's a little bit different. He didn't uh, he didn't uh, pass away um, in the line, but it's one that uh, kind of hits home for me a little bit. Um, the officer I'm choosing this week is going to be uh, Officer Kevin James Clendenning. Um, Kevin was actually a gentleman that I went to police academy with. He uh, was a police officer for uh, Joliet, Illinois. Um, so we went we went through PTI together. Uh, it was a really, really good dude. He um, was 28 years old. He had um, some kind of health issue. And I believe, uh, I don't, I don't want to say this incorrectly, so I don't want to get super detailed, but I believe he um, had to have surgery for another incident or another health issue. And, um, I believe he got infected from that, um, operation and ended up taking his life. So, uh, 28 years old, um, Kevin, he, let's see here. It's from Naperville, Illinois. Um, he was married and sorry, I'm trying to find what year I know he won or he was awarded the officer of the year for his department. I believe it was 2019 when I was reading it. Now it's, now I'm not seeing it. Um, but regardless, just a really good dude. I remember being around him at uh, Academy a lot and dude always had a smile on his face. Uh, he, he definitely had a, an awesome personality and he never really had a bad time when you were around him. He, he just was always kind of the, the jokester or whatever. So he, just a good dude. So you just never know. 28 years old and 
probably really well or pretty good health and, and things just shit happens sometimes. So rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace. So moving <clears throat> forward here. Like I said, talk about um we need to start keeping a list. <laughs> yeah. Or you need to start paying attention better. Well, I think that'd be on you. Well, I, I can't read your phone from where I'm at. We but don't you could have stopped me. Well, that's, that, that's more disrespectful <laughs> than saying it twice. I mean, what's the big deal? I'm not. You're the one making a big deal out of it. All right. <laughs> it's November 30th as we're recording this. You'll probably hear this just in a couple of days. Our episodes usually come out on Tuesday. So what are we at? We're at Monday. So Monday, this yeah. one might squeeze in. Maybe a day or two late. Apologize for that. Um. Something I I want to address really fit really fast, um, and we talked to Baker about it before we started this on the episode with Vandy. Um, we apologize for the background sounds or whatever it is. Um, we learned in the first one that if you mess with these mics at all, like we can't hear it while we're recording, but whenever you go play it back, it's it's pretty rough. So we apologize for that. That's kind of a super annoying, especially for us who were you know we're pretty strict and we want to put out really good quality stuff um so that we don't love hearing that but we're going to get better we we know that our mics and stuff like that our equipment's not the best but we just want to get rolling and we'll we'll upgrade all that stuff and uh, we talked to vandy about sitting still so um so yeah i just wanted to address that real quick but yeah moving forward to hunting season um we're struggling a little bit still. It's been tough. I, th- I think you you could hear in I think episode was this this is episode eight it's right eight, yeah. So episode six we had our little BS session kind of like what we're doing today. I would like played it back and I could like just hear it in my own voice. I was just we we're just run down like getting our asses kicked. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of been the theme, but I mean things are looking better. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. You're getting on deer here as of super recent. Yep. Um, so we'll dive into that and then we'll get into kind of our gear setup, like I said, and have some guys reaching out and asking what we're running. So we'll get into that and maybe get into like, you know, our broadhead topic and stuff like that. Cause sure. there, there's a super huge reason why all three of us, I don't know what you're shooting, but I know Poland's on with uh, like that same idea that we're, we're kind of rolling. So um, yeah, talk about um, what you're seeing. Cause you're, you're getting on deer. Yeah, it well, so kind of like what you said, you know, we were we've been struggling for a little while. Um, it, it, it's just been a lot well, of hell have. up until up until last, you know, what would have been last, uh, let's see, Thursday, Thursday was Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, yeah, so Thursday was rough. Um, I, I don't know, with your family, what's that being with your family, <laughs> that too. I want to be out the woods, <laughs> no, um. I went and sat Thursday on a public land spot and I think I had a total of like five or six sits where I saw absolutely nothing. Right. Um, Shit's rough. Yeah. The last, the most two recent sits where I didn't see anything were, were where I had saw a ton of sign. I mean, scrapes, rubs, the whole works um, down in the, in, in the bottoms and some really thick stuff. And I thought maybe I was into potentially some uh, bedding situation, you know, um, set up on it. Uh, hunted it twice, which I know is isn't that much, but um, even my trail camera pictures didn't have much to show either. So, me being me and kind of impatient, uh, especially after how slow it's been, I decided to pack up shop and go look around. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I freaking took a stand down, pulled cameras, and just just took off basically. I mean, and end up stumbling across um, a spot. Uh, there again on public that uh, I thought looked good. It had some pinch points. It had some sign. Um, it had it had food. It had bedding and it had water. Uh, so I had really all the necessities and just kind of on a whim decided to throw a camera up and throw a stand up. And then I was going to go slip back in. I think it was the following day, I, I believe, um, and give it a shot. And so that's what I did. And it t- turned out to be beyond the money i mean like you said it was in, in two sits there so a total of maybe six hours six and a half hours worth of seat time um i've seen in the neighborhood of 30 different deer out of those i think i had five so, or six different bucks a really good change whenever oh, you probably needed it the most you know? yeah i mean five or six different bucks unfortunately uh none of them were of a caliber that i was interested in shooting um 
you know, not to say that someone wouldn't, but me personally, I just that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, had a couple of those bucks work into me perfectly. Uh, and like I said, a number of doe, obviously. And they were and pretty much exactly what I thought it was. I saw some bucks come and go from where I thought was going to be bedding. Uh, and then, of course, they hit. I didn't see any hit the, the water source there in that particular area. But, of course, they were out browsing for food in the field. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's after a couple of sits in your ass kick and mm-hmm. that helps. I mean, even if they weren't the, the caliper deer that you're looking for, at least you're seeing oh, stuff. Oh, I'll take it. And they're, the, the and they're there, you know. Yeah, I got no problem with that. So, I mean, it's good. So, I, I love, I mean, I, I think I probably said it before, I don't know about on here, but I, I still kind of consider it a win whenever, no, especially sure. when you're hunting public, yep. which I haven't done a lot of. Uh, but when you hunt public and you actually can get on deer, whether they're something you're interested in shooting or not, for me, it's still a win. Absolutely. You know? And and we talked about that at the beginning of the season because I started diving into that public right away. And, you know, you came with me uh, like, I don't know, second week, third week mm-hmm. of October. And I'm like, man, I think they're here. We got a lot of sign. We set up. We both set up in the same tree. We set up that morning. And we saw a couple, nothing yep. crazy. And then we got in a little bit deeper into some bedding in that evening and we were covered up in deer. Oh, dude. So, that's I mean, awesome. yeah, like I said, even then, like you just said, um, you know, that's a goal accomplished in itself just to find these fuckers yeah. and get into where they're living. Um, you know, still working on making that pay off in the right way. But, you know, we're like, for me, especially I'm learning so much that, you know, that those are things that I like to see my pro that I can see my progress by that. Um, yeah, I know I was telling my, uh, talking about learning i was telling my buddy this morning i was talking to him on the way to work he's a he's a state trooper with the pennsylvania state police anyways um i was telling him that you know the fact that i my my private ground's kind of not so hot i i being forced to move into um public it's i have learned a ton in just a short period of time and because it's forced me to do so so it's that's actually i'm actually kind of glad and we can do that because of the setups we're running exactly so we can kind of hard transition unless you got a little bit more to talk about on that. I mean, no, I mean, I just go to my setup in that spot, but we'll do that. Yeah. And I, and we're going to dive into that spot tomorrow. I believe you mm-hmm. and I both, I'm going to, we're going to kind of spread out and see what, see what all we can get into. But, um, you know, so our setups, as far as being able to make adjustments in the middle of the season, hell, even maybe the middle of the hunt, which we, yeah. you know, I've done and I know you've done, yep. um, it's, it's a it's something that I didn't know. It's a way that I didn't know people hunted when I used to hunt when I was a kid. Um, I, I know I've talked about this on the working class episode, but I don't know that anybody really listened to that. Let's listen to this. But when I started, when I was uh, younger and I was in high school, um, it was kind of the mentality of, Hey, there's a, there's a ground blind, um, that we made in the corner of that little patch of timber where all the fields are. It's been there since 1872 <laughs> yeah. and go sit there and wait for something. So for me, you know, I, when I went to college and I got out of hunting, it was kind of easy because I don't know. And I, I think about it now, I don't ever felt, I, I love doing it, but I never felt like I was actually hunting anything. Yeah. I was just sitting there waiting for something to walk in sure. front of me. So you know, I get back into it a couple of years ago and I go to a farmer, or not a farmer, but um, a guy down the road that's got some land. Um, he owns a, like a heating and air conditioning business. And he, he had a little, just a little tiny patch of timber. Um, and I'm like, I see deer out there every once in a while. So I went and talked to him. He's like, yeah, there's a tree stand in there that's been there since fucking 1952. <laughs> And so I, I go set up in that tree stand and had a really nice encounter with the freaking stud, but it was like that stud ran through a couple of times a year. And then there was like three does. And other than that, there were no damn deer. So, but what I learned from that encounter was that they were coming into those woods at a pinch point. So I'm like, I wish I could get over there and get in a tree. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of climbers. Like maybe I'll try that. So I, I bought a climber and I did that. I got to that pinch point. Um, never had any more encounters with that buck that year, but I did end up killing a doe, uh, like one of the last days of the season out of that tree stand. Um, and it was because I was able to get mobile. I made that adjustment. Sure. I, do, I know for a fact that had I stayed in that tree stand 
that I was in originally, and I hunted that same exact night that I killed that doe, I would not have killed her because of the way they were coming in. Yeah. It would have taken, it would, it would have been past dark by the time she got to me. Sure. Um, so making that mobile, right. I mean, and I think you, Tyler, you're, you're a big climber guy, right? I mean, yeah, I'm using a real old climber right now, but I'd like to upgrade to something that's a little bit more lightweight. I mean, regardless though, it's a, you know, you're, I guess what I'm getting at is you're kind of starting to realize too that I mean it's it's a necessity to to have to move in order because to, to be able to adapt. We all set stands, especially those of us that have some private. We set those permanent. I guess you could call them stands, you know, but they don't always work out. No, you know, you can you can prep and you can plan and and it, and it does work out sometimes, but then sometimes your plans go to hell too. So I mean, I think you're starting to, you know, you're on that that mode too, where you kind of, I mean, I know you've told me lately where you've had to move, move stands, move climbers, just, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. So right now I just got done transitioning to like a late season setup for hunting the actual food, the ag fields right next to where I'm hunting. And I'd been hunting. I have a triple drop time buck that's on my property that I just got a picture of recently. He survived the first set of shotgun season and I actually had an in-person encounter with him and I had him at about 20 yards broadside but he was staring right at me so I couldn't draw back on him and I ended up having to let him walk but, which is a good move I mean you don't want to bust him out of there yeah it's tough but yeah being adapt or uh being able to adapt I mean because you know that mindset like I said that I used to have was like I'd sit there and I'd see deer uh, another part of the timber and I'd be like why why can't I go over there? But it, it just wasn't the thing, I guess. I don't know. Like yeah. so now it's like, you know, especially with social media and these big buck killers getting out there and even, you know, THP, the hunting public, those guys are absolutely changing the entire game. Sure. I mean, ninety percent of what they do is all spot and stock whitetail mm-hmm. deer, which is crazy. Yeah. Like just that like we're not anywhere near there. Um but I, you know we're definitely making that transition from like you said tree stands that you've you've planned for and you know it looks like the deer would go here or here or this or that so you set it up months in advance and then you get in there and you're like i'm i'm fucking 30 yards off of it if i'm 30 yards farther one way or another i could be in the game and now we have that way to do that yeah which i mean those those fixed stands you know don't get me wrong they're they're convenient, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. like you said, they're not always in the right spot. I mean, I, I do love being able to walk in and just climb right up. It's already set. But I'll say, too, with how easy they're making these these mobile setups now, um, once you've done it a couple of times, yeah. I mean, shit, I'm, I'm getting to where I can do it. I mean, I, and I don't even try to rush through it, but I'm still right. doing it pretty efficiently. Pretty oh, yeah, quick, so. yeah. It's it, the lightweight, the, the mobility, um, the portability, TPO. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy because yeah like you said i mean there is something nice about tree stands that are already up um you know i i don't know if i said this in a previous one but like i think i did a little bit where we're getting our asses kicked where it's like every day is a grind you're getting up early you're going out in the dark you're finding a new tree you're hanging a set i'm usually late for whatever i'm doing so i'm like kind of rushing but trying to be quiet like it's kind of a shit show Mm -hmm. and i got my my setup down to where it's decent but it's still like that just kicks your ass and then i got a buddy nearby here where i live that's like just walk in the woods and climb up a tree that i've had set forever and it's like you kind of almost need that every once in a while because yeah, it's sure. just you, i can just walk in climb straight up the tree sit down and i'm ready to hunt so. <laughs> yeah you're not soaked in sweat you're right like yeah yeah well it's funny just the other day i was going out and i had my climber set up on a tree already and i was like well I could always sit in my ladder stand over here and just for the convenience, but my creek is real high. So the deer haven't been crossing it. So I was like, well, I'm going to go sit in the, on my climber on the other side of the property. Well, I was sitting in that climber. I seen a nice mature buck walk right in front of my, cl- right in front of my <laughs> ladder stand. <laughs> yeah. And he, he avoided every single one of my cameras over there. Cause I checked as soon as I got out of the, that's woods. crazy. But yeah, I was yeah, a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's also why I like not having a bunch of tree stands because I know that shit will happen to me every fucking time I go out. I'll be like, I'm going to go sit over here and I'm going to set up my tree stand and work all that fucking that hard to get all up there. And then I look over and Dude, that happen. was my, that was my big problem this year on private or yeah, on private ground. I was, I had, I don't even know how many stands I put up. 
over the course of the, I mean, last season it was two. We had two stands on this piece, same piece of property that I'm on this year. I think this season it was like eight or nine. Yeah. So every time I wake up in the morning to get ready to go out, it's like, it's where do I want to go? Yeah. And then whenever I think, okay, I'm going to go to this stand, but then I get to the what ifs. <laughs> what, if, what if I'm not in this stand? That big son of a bitch comes by there, you know? Uh-huh. So, so um, kind of backtrack and, and get into our setups specifically um you know so i that first season i got that climber i think it was, if i remember correctly it was just kind of a cheap summit i got like 60 bucks on facebook marketplace hashtag um i liked it but i didn't love it um i felt like the stability was not there it wasn't a nice one like i said i mean i know they make nice ones lone wolf makes some good ones um and some other ones that kind of stay strapped together to where if you have that pressure on the bottom platform like you would the whole time then it keeps pressure down on that top platform and basically stops it from being able to fall well i didn't have that luxury so i was always worried that every time i'd stand up at that top part would fall down and it happened a couple times and it's a very uneasy feeling when your tree stand starts falling while you're in it and it makes all that noise so i just i never loved it um so i start getting into the whole podcast thing and learn about these running gun hang on tree stands you know the portable hang on tree stands Uh, and started really looking into those and i'm like man that's a lot of work you know you got sticks you got to put each stick on you got to set it you got to then carry up or keep the the stand on your back and then you got to hang it while you're there and how the hell are you going to do that without being strapped to the tree mm-hmm. like there's a lot i didn't know um so youtube helped out a lot and ended up buying uh i don't know the exact um tire model model but it was an xop is a bigger one um off facebook marketplace and bought some cheaper sticks off some website and just practice and the first couple times i never watched the video on how to actually set the tree stand so i would set it but i wouldn't i would just cinch tight it down i wouldn't put my knees on the seat and then pull it up so it was it was a little janky too but once i finally figured that out i'm like I said it that first time and I'm like, dude, I could do, I could do a fucking yoga workout up here and still feel stable. And that was huge for me because, oh, yeah. you mean. know, a new, I would say a new tree stand hunter. Cause I didn't hunt on a tree stands almost ever when I was a kid, it was almost all ground blinds. So I'd never been elevated like that. So I'm in a, a climbing tree stand that is not stable. You know, it's, it's not the best aluminum or metal or whatever the hell it is to where if there was any kind of moisture, I was squeaking, you know, I just, I just never loved it. Um, and then to get into that and not have any wobble, not have to worry about anything falling, sliding down, making a shitload of noise. Like that was, that was everything for me. And that's what I've, that's where I'm still at. And kind of elaborate more on those, climbers you know I, I kind of was a similar situation where I, I still have an old climber I don't even recall what brand it is but it's the it's just heavy heavy metal um with with pins you know that uh you're essentially pinning that um I guess I'll call it a cord right uh metal or you know steel steel cable there you sure, go that's sure. encased in, in plastic essentially um you know makes a lot of noise I mean it, it is actually a decent stand once you're up in there sure. it feels pretty solid uh and then last year i bought off of a, a buddy who will be getting in here eventually uh ben i bought the uh the lone wolf climber off of him it was like the sit and climb wide or something sure. like that um it was i i didn't i think i only used it two or three times and like i said i bought it before last season started right. um i liked it I didn't love it. I think my my issue with it was um, the the old climber I have, like I just said, has a steel cable that's encased in like a hard plastic. Right. What I did like about that is when you're climbing up the tree and down the tree for that matter, it, it kind of slides easier on the bark. Yeah. And as we all know, those lone wolf climbers have, I guess, it, I don't even know what they call that. It's more like a band or yeah, something. Yeah, more like a strap almost. Yeah, like, essentially. It's like a hard rubber right. strap, which is great. It's quiet. 
And that's, I think, their whole point behind it. And, right. and it grips pretty good. But my thing is it almost gripped too good where it would catch on my way up and down. And it was just a, it was just a pain in the ass. Right. I mean, that's how I, that's the only, only way I can describe it. Yeah. Not a knock against them or their product, but it's just, uh, that was my opinion of that particular model. And which I actually ended up selling it yesterday right. so to a guy. Yeah. I mean, and I think for me, at least the climber, it could be quicker to get up in the tree, but it, like you said, it always made more noise. Um, whether it's getting that cable around a tree and then, I don't know, it just seemed like it always made more noise where yeah. like you got to take it off your back. You got to take it apart. You got to strap it to the tree. You got to get the top on the tree and then you got to climb it and then you got to start climbing. Um, you know, where what I got now, I got a, a tree stand strapped to my back. I have one stick on either side strapped to the tree stand and then I carry another stick in. Um, as soon as I walk up to the tree, I lay my bow down. I strap it to my belt or my, my bow rope, and I strap that first climbing stick on, throw my harness around um, the climbing rope around the tree, and start climbing, and just reach back, pull that one stick off, hang it on the tree, reach back, pull the second stick off, or I guess it would be the third stick, hang it on the tree, then I can hang my tree stand. I'm up once. It, it's so, so much quieter. It might take a little bit more time, but everything's more solid. It's not as, not as loud. Um, and it's just more stable. And, and what, what setup are, are you running? So right now I have the uh, lone wolf. I want to say assault. Kind of what I was thinking. It's a I, smaller, it's yeah. a smaller lone wolf. I like the smaller platforms. I'm really loving that. My XOP was bigger. Um, and I liked it, but I felt like it had a lot of room that I didn't use. I'm not doing jumping jacks up there. I'm not doing, you know, any kind of workouts I'm sitting or standing. So, I got the smaller lone wolf and then I have I actually changed a little bit. I bought the three um, pack of XOP mini sticks, the locking mechanism. I think it's what got me for sure. The problem I foresee having in the future and it's not happened yet, but that stuff's made in China. So China. So um, I can already tell like, it, it's going to it's going to break the the locking mechanism, not the really? sticks. I I just I have that feeling, um, but I only have that feeling whenever I try to put the sticks together and bind them because I have the straps that are on the stick. So if it's just a stick on stick, it's fine. It wouldn't. But, but the sticks themselves, as far as like when you're actually using them, climbing on them, I mean, what are your you, oh, you I, feel I'm as though they're yeah. solid? As yeah, well? I'm good. Um, you know. <laughs> I hate saying this and still using it. Would it surprise me if one of the step, steps maybe, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of, I don't think that's a knock against anybody. I think that's just right. Dude, you gotta think it's out in the, you know, Absolutely. it's down the cold. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's used a lot. So the only point. reason I'm using them is because of that locking mechanism. Yep. If lone wolf or Novix or whatever could come up with one like that, which they might have by now. Well, they have that. They have the minis and Novix. I know they have the uh, minis. I don't know if they have the locking mechanism. Well, you know how the the mini uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear ones go together, right? Well, those are fucking $600. I'm talking cheaper you route. fucking made the money, dude. <laughs> no, no. So I got three sticks for $100, and they lock together really well. That's why I picked those. That's the <laughs> only reason. If, if not, And I look to be changing soon. But with that, I have brackets that go on my tree stand that lock those in. So they're not locked together. It's not metal on metal locking mechanism now. So I feel better about the locking mechanism um, keeping intact. So, yeah, I had the, I was, so I was running three mini sticks. Now, what I've been doing is since I carry one in, and sometimes I want to get a little bit higher, I've honestly been, been hunting pretty low this year. I don't usually get much more than 12 to 14 foot up. Um, but there's been a couple situations where I think that. I, I should have been a little bit higher. Um, so what I've actually been doing is the one stick that I've been carrying in, I have an actual three-step lone wolf stick. I don't have to strap it to anything. Like I said, I carry it in. So I put that one on the trees first. That gets me another at least 10, 10 to 12 inches up just from that one mini stick. So that's helped. Um, so I don't think you higher. have to be super high, but but... And I'm a firm believer in this after this season. I think more importantly, picking the right tree. Oh, no, 100%. You know what I mean? It's which uh, I've made the mistake. And matter of fact, my the spot where I'm at now, I'm I kind of made the same mistake. And, and I knew it was going to be that way. At least I knew it going into it. Right. 
because uh, I'm profiled pretty bad, but I have cover coming from both sides of me, yeah. which is a good thing. And then it just happened to be not the ideal tree, ideal tree, but it was the ideal spot. So Absolutely. that's why I went ahead and you know gave it a shot. Well, and to kind of piggyback off that, I went with Poland um, to a spot early season that we had never, neither one of us had ever stepped foot in. So we took the boat in and about we kind of split up and about halfway to where I thought I wanted to get up and down several ridges. I realized that my walk was a little bit more enjoyable because something was lighter. Well, I left my fucking sticks in the boat. So it it was, it was kind of warm. I was already sweating. I was not about to go back and get my sticks. So adapt, make it fucking happen. Devin is what I'm telling myself. So I get to the area where I think I want to be. And obviously I can't get up very high. So I find a tree within some brush and I mean, I get, I don't know, the bottom of my platform is maybe three, four foot off the ground. And I just pulled myself up. I mean, I, I had two does walk 15 yards from me and had no fucking idea I was there. <laughs> you scored and got like, you know, oh, like, yeah. like that. Well, like remember that tree you and I sat in after I saw that big boy and you took like a half a day off work. Yes. You could literally use those branches to get however high oh, up we were, which would have been, which would have been money if you would have had, you know, for sure. the situation. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. That tree was that awesome. Was, yeah. Take I mean, luck. it was almost too was, awesome because I almost yeah. couldn't stand up. I don't think I could actually, I think I'd sit down, but regardless, I mean, yeah. you were not getting seen in a tree like oh, that, no. but you know, so that said, I, ha- I had to do what I had to do. And, you know, to Cody DeQuisto, Cody DeQuisto talks all the time about uh, like a five by five. It's like five foot up in the tree, five yards away from the, the trail where I'm going to shoot this. And he's fucking smoking. Sh- I mean, yeah. it, he, he, he's, he's, and guys like him are showing me and I've, applied it so it's working somewhat um you don't have to be 16 14 18 foot up in a tree you can be you know five six foot and still get it done so me personally i mean i know tyler tyler is a person that likes to get high up and i think we're talking about that maybe today or the other day whatever it was but um i'm more around that typically speaking i think around that 15 foot range that seems to be a pretty pretty decent spot for me i don't sure. have to stretch out my my sticks too much or i guess yeah my sticks too much uh to where it's making it hard to get in uh, to the stand but um you know there's times like what you said where i, I feel as though maybe i should have been up a little higher um and that's where it seems to work i mean that's it, where a climber could come into handy yeah if you have the right tree yes that, and that kind of probably goes what with what tyler is doing i know you're like a mile up right i usually go between 18 20 feet in the air at at the minimum, unless the tree doesn't allow it, because I can only cut so high. Obviously, it's not my property, so I'm not going to chop down half their tree just to get up. But right. I'm going to pick a tree that I can get 16 to 18 feet up. That way, I have that little extra ground clearance Which, in case I need to move. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're hunting a lot of fringes, like corn or field edges and stuff like that, where maybe there's not as much brush, so you, you can't really get away with being. Yeah at that lower level, you have to get up. Yeah, so the area that I'm hunting, that I've hunted heavily this year, like usually me, last year me and Clint hunted quite a bit together, but this year I'm hunting a new property that I got permission. It's like a half mile from my house, but it floods really bad. So there's not much brush at all on the ground. There's right. a little bit of grass growing, but other than that, it's just Nowhere bare ground. Yeah. So I get as high as I can up there. And I tell you what, even at 18, 20 feet, these deer, whenever I've rattled them in, they're looking straight at me. Yeah. They know there's something up in that tree that's not right. And there's my drop time buck that I was telling you about that I had the encounter with. He was 20 yards away and I was 18 feet up in the air face, and my tree stand was facing the opposite direction and he was still looking at me. Well, He still knew I was there. Yeah. I mean, he, I know I talked about the quiz already, but uh, him and, and other guys like him talk about the reason why they want to be kind of lower is those more mature deer, they've been hunted before. So they have really two main areas that they focus on for, you know, predators, and that's the ground because people ground hunt, but they also have to deal with coyotes and other animals. And then you have that area in the trees where they're used to looking up because they've been ambushed from that area before. So they're like a lot of times those mature, mature bucks will actually overlook that middle part of the tree where the more of the brush is, unless it's a property like yours. But, you know, typically uh, more of that brush is they'll look right past that to look at the tops of the, or the higher part of the tree to see if there's anything up there. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, sense, I don't know, yeah. but it does make sense. Yep. So <clears throat> it's crazy. Yeah. That's now, 
Good. I'll go into a little bit of my setup since you kind of just did yours, and then you know we can kind of touch on exactly what Tyler's doing. I know he just did a little bit, but um, so as I said a little earlier, I, I went primarily from hunting private ground to now I've kind of swung to the uh, public side of things. Um, with that, I last or no, it would have been before this season, or maybe even I don't know if I had it last season or not. But uh, a buddy of mine was. No, you just got it this season. Did I? Okay. I think so. So a buddy that I've already spoke about who will be on here uh, probably next week, then he um very generous, and he just he gave me his XOP setup. And it was – you've you seen it. And yeah. I think you even commented. You said, damn, dude, he, he put this thing together. Like, like it's it, – It was like a fucking $400 setup. Yeah, so I, I he'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the Vanish. XOP vanish, um, and then the four sticks that he gave me with it are the um, they're I don't know exactly I know they're lone wolf. I want to say they're like sim like an older model double step maybe. Yeah. Um, and there again they he has a stand set up to where they essentially clip right into the stand. Right. It's very it's all been silenced as well. Yeah. Uh, he's done all that already. Um, so basically the first stick one stick will clamp in on on each side of the stand. And then from there, I just set the other sticks on top. And then he has this little built-in bungee system. I mean, that right. went, you know, yeah, I just I pulled over, strap it, secure it, and it's it's they're they're quiet. And what I like about what he did with that bungee system is it's not a bungee system that when you unstrap it, it falls off the stand where you gotta go put it in your pocket right. or in a bag or something like that. One half of that bungee is still attached, so it's pretty handy. That's but nice. um he also Instead of running your standard, uh, what's it called, cam buckle or strap? Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Like I said, I'm pretty new to this mobile thing. So, um, but instead of running that, he he transitioned to um, am steel rope, mm-hmm. which I I mean I don't know any different other. I mean I've run those straps on my stand, the cam right. buckle straps, and the hold the stand. But right. as far as the steps are concerned, he, I, I've been I kept that am steel rope on there, and I'll tell you what, it's you can't get any quieter. No, I it's mean nice. it's absolutely silent. I mean there's no metal. It's literally just. And still rope and so, shit stronger in hell. Yeah, you know well, I mean? so, we can kind of pick that apart. So I run the strap still, and I thought about running or, or switching to that that rope because, like I said, whenever I try to go, whenever I try to lock those sticks to each other, stick on stick, the straps I have them wrapped around the sticks, so I don't have to keep taking them on and off. Um, it's just it's pretty convenient. But those buckle or the cam buckles will actually get in the way of the teeth whenever they sit, sit together. Mm-hmm. So kind of a pain in the ass. And so it's kind of twerking on the uh, that mechanism. So that's where I kind of like, uh, I if I really force this, it would probably break. So um, the, only, the only reason I haven't is I think because um, I've really been trying to pick trees that my profile is hidden, but I can still get into them. So a lot of those, I can't reach around those trees. Mm -hmm. So I take that, that cam and I swing it around and it has that extra momentum so where I can catch it with my other hand and pull it and then set it. So I don't think you would really have, unless you got like some weights or something on the, that, that rope, it may not work quite as well. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I would agree. I'd probably say it's not, you can't quite get that momentum like you would with your setup. But I will say that so far, the rope is heavy enough that I've been able to, I haven't had any issues. Oh yeah. Things. I'm not, yeah. probably not as, I can make it happen, still no but, issues. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like I said, I mean, it's, it's hard to beat the, how quiet it is. Yeah. I, I know the, the straps are quiet too, but, um, this is just ultra quiet. If you well, ask me, you know, and I always have, like, I have that, you know, the noise dampening tape on yep. my, my buckles and shit, but still I mess up every once in a while and I'll hit my tree stand or I'll hit one of my sticks with that cam buckle and it makes, it still makes noise. I mean, you're not getting nothing. Whereas a rope, you eliminate that altogether. So the packability is better. You can, you can keep them on your sticks a lot easier. Um, They don't take up near as much room. They're a lot lighter and you don't have that, that chance of making that metal on metal noise. So, yeah. And and just to kind of finish up what he's done to it, uh, you know, he, he, I think it's 550 core that he has on the front portion of it. Um, I, you know, just help any sort of possible clanking around while you're while you're uh, carrying it in, right. packing it in. Um, uh, what else has he done? It's. I think a lot of times guys will do that to kind of like be able to feel yeah, sure. where the edge of yeah. the tree stand is. Too, it kind of without it, it's looking a little down. Bit more of a lip, I guess. Right. You know, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
He, uh, of course, backpack straps. I don't know which ones he's running on there. The one that I just sold, the, the climber that I sold yesterday, had some really sweet straps, and I was trying to keep them with the dude. The dude uh, asked about them, and, of course, I wasn't, you know, I'm not in the market to screw anybody, so, of course, uh, I sold them to him. Really good guy. But, um, anyhow, uh, he, he also has a... Uh, Oh, a bow or a, a bag hoist. Uh, it's essentially a pretty thick rope that's attached to the stand with, I don't even know what the thing is. It's essentially a, a rubber coated wire of sorts. It's bendable, flexible, and okay. it holds that, that rope on the end of the stand, never gets in your way. I think I've only used it once, but it, it'd still be nice in the event. And I leave it on there because in the event that I, I have more to pull up to me than what I want to put on my, my bow hoist, then I can always drop that sure. down, you know, or, or undo it before I even go set the stand, right. attach whatever I need to it, and then pull it up with me. Sure. So uh, definitely a cool setup. My only big thing now that I've noticed since I've started hunting public is I would definitely appreciate something with less weight. Yeah. And that just, you know, comes with having to walk distances while, you're, while you're in all your gear, especially in this cold gear now that we're getting to the cold time of the year. Um, I mean, you can't help but just, at least me, I mean, I'm, I'm typically pretty soaked in sweat oh, after sure. I've walked in a while and then hung a set, climbed up, got all my stuff ready, sit down. It's like, I got to do my jacket and stuff like that. And, cool and, and we're not the type that are talking about getting a scale out and weighing and trying to no, shave off no. two tenths of a pound. But I can agree where, and that's kind of why I went with the mini sticks as well was it's a little bit less weight. Like I, there are a couple of times where I am hiking quite a bit, you know, we don't need to fucking throw out numbers and shake our dicks and shit yeah. like that. But, um, you know, sometimes you just get to get to walking and you're not seeing it. And by the time you start seeing it and get in there, you're a mile or so in. So well, I think anybody would probably agree. I mean, we're, we're all, you know, we, we try to stay healthy, work out, things decently like that. Fit, so yeah. we decently fit. I mean, I, I'm not sitting Baker's here trying to, fat, <laughs> I am. I'm not trying to whine to be a little bitch by any means, but when I can, I might, I have, like you said, I haven't weighed shit, but I'm, I would guess that my setup now probably weighs in the neighborhood of 20 pounds. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm off on that. I'm, yeah, I'm not real good at judging no that, but, and the set, set setup that I would like to get, which is probably not going to happen right now because of the cost, but is I can almost cut that in half. Dude, okay. I almost yeah. got one last night talking about the little yeah. custom gear. Man, I keep talking about Facebook Marketplace, and my own dumb ass was like, man, surely somebody that bought a Lone Wolf Custom Gear set wouldn't sell it on Facebook Marketplace. They'd probably sell it on one of the sites, you know, like the mobile hunting yeah. pages and shit like that. So a guy actually posted a screenshot of one of the, the of the point five stand on Marketplace. He posted it onto one of those web pages. Um was like, hey, is this a good idea or a good deal? So I went straight from that to Marketplace, found it and messaged a guy, probably along with 40 other fucking people because the price was so good. Like, of course, and it was sold before I got to it. So, man, I was close. So Shit happened, I should have fucking it? been checking it. I don't know. <laughs> well, but, like I told you, I looked and never even saw it. I don't know if I didn't scroll all the way to the bottom. Well, or what he, I did, but. He, so he just posted it. Which I couldn't understand it. When I looked at it the first time, whenever that guy posted it, it said it was it was posted like three days prior, which was uh, I saw this about two or three a.m. last night. So it said three days prior, and then I went back to check it again, and it said like four hours prior. So I don't know, I don't know what the fuck happened, but um, regardless, I didn't get it. By the time he messaged me back this morning, he said it was already sold. So I had. I had money ready to, to send to him right away. Yeah. <clears throat> so it yeah. didn't work out. But yeah, dude, that, that's what's crazy though is it's so much fucking money for it. Oh, and I dude, get the, I get the argument on their side. Like it's the last stand you'll need, especially if yeah. you're a public land guy. And it, the weight difference is is everything. But yeah. still, I mean, we're still fucking working class people. And like, yeah. can we survive a, a five six hundred dollar hit? Yeah, but. Could we probably take that somewhere else and somewhere a little bit smarter? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and that's what you know. I, I almost pulled the trigger on a new setup as well. I, I really thought very hard about it the last couple of days, especially with the with the um, you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday type thing going on. Oh yeah. Where you can save a little bit, but even with that, it's still very expensive. And and I just like you said, it was like 
I probably need to uh, hold off and spend this somewhere else or, you know, maybe maybe look at shooting for saving up a little bit and getting it during the off season or something like that. I don't know. But, right. uh, yeah, so I don't, regardless, I'm going to keep my XOP. I like it. It's rock solid, and I'll still use it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, not, if I'm not going a mile back or something, I I'll should, should be fine. Right. You know what I mean? And I got – I've thought about selling them to get to that Lone Wolf custom year, but I've got – like I said, I've got an XOP still. I run my Lone Wolf because it's smaller. Um, I've got Lone Wolf sticks. I've got four three-step sticks. Um, and then I've got the three mini stick XOPs. So I kind of save the XOP stand and the lone wolf sticks, or I was for a setup to where I try to get higher because those are the three steps and I got four of them, but I've just been making it happen with the, the minis and been liking it so far. So, but it's nice to have two setups just in case I do. Cause I, I also go on my private spots, um, some of them and I'll hang bang on private, even though they're not very big. Um, I don't, I just don't like sitting in the same tree. Yeah. I think the deer find that, especially if I have encounters, if I don't have an encounter, then I have no problem going back. Um, but the deer find it. And even if you don't, they smell it or whatever, you know, they, well, I they still the, know. But yeah, I think on the flip side of that too, though, like for instance, like I said, I just recently found the deer and I'm still staying in the same tree. You know, I've had some encounters, but sure. I have to, man. It's, it's, but I'm t- I, and, I think, but I, and correct me if, if you think differently. Um, but I would say if you sit there another in that same exact tree, four or five, six more times, those sightings are all going to disappear. Oh yeah. I completely agree. Whether it's ground scent yeah. getting in yeah. or they're smelling that yep. tree or whatever. Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll admit I've already, I've not been busted, but they know something wasn't right. I, I had, uh, it was really just one deer. It was a buck, small buck, but uh, he, he looked up right at me and he did kind of spook a, a touch, but he, he didn't. I think he just like took like three or four bounds and stopped in the middle of the field. I mean, he's legit still in shooting range if right. I wanted to take him. But uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, after you know, a handful more sits, if, if something doesn't pan out by then, then yeah, I'll be I'll be finding a new spot. So yeah. the same general area, but new spot. Right. So yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much our setups. Very mobile sticks and stand. Um, there's a lot of different ones out there. We're not affiliated with anybody yet. So if there's <laughs> for some reason there's any kind of tree stand companies listening to this. I'll let you boy. Yeah. Um, more than happy to run your gear. So uh, we don't have any affiliations with anything. So anytime we're talking about gear, this is shit that we believe in. Or we're using it because we believe in it. We're not getting paid to talk about it. You know, we're not we're not getting shit. This is what we're doing. And and you know, maybe we're not killing big bucks yet, but we're getting on deer. We're making it happen. We're staying mobile. We're we're adapting. We're reading the the sign. I'm I'm dude. I'm so happy that you're finally getting there because, and rightfully so, you wanted to stay on private because you had some pictures of some nice deer. You've killed a fucking giant there before, just last year, you know. But you you had those changes right before the season started, and you weren't sure about it, and you took a gamble, and it didn't pay off. Yeah. So and, and- now it's time to adapt. And that's exactly what I've had to do. And and like I told, like I said earlier, it's it's really made me learn a lot. And I, I'm always learning. But uh, I'm actually pretty. Ha- I'm happy, I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd still enjoy hunting my private spot if it was what it used to be. But um, it, it it is definitely enjoyable going out and really not knowing anything specific about the spot that you're going to and just learning while you're out there and just and looking the, at it and being go. like man it looks like like deer. i said it's a victory yeah. just being Absolutely. on the deer and having them come by you based off of you doing a little bit of homework you know what i mean and, and, and the other stuff the, the learning because you hear people talk about it you know getting on deer is one thing getting on big bucks is another thing it's it's almost a completely different animal but i feel like there's a there's levels to the shit so absolutely we got to learn how to get on deer first and we got to learn how they live. And then we can start trying to figure out, all right, now let's start figuring out where the big fuckers are. And so, like you said, man, that's goal accomplished. It's one that I wanted to get done this year. And I've been able to do it time and time again. Like you said, walking into woods, you've never stepped foot on ever looking at it and being like, I want to sit there. And then to have deer come within 10, 15 yards of your tree, it's a victory. I mean, yeah, for sure, yeah, whether you shoot them or not. And, and and a lot of people like they see that we haven't killed any big but like we've seen a lot of deer you know we've passed a lot of deer we just haven't pulled that trigger because we're all being very disciplined yeah. so if we wanted to get antlers on the ground or we wanted to get deer on the ground we've been slaying all year but yeah yeah i know, mean so. it's you know it is what it is I, I think i don't remember who i was talking, I was talking to someone this morning about it um but it's just what it's just what you're after what you want there's nothing wrong with taking a small buck there's nothing wrong with taking no. a big buck and there's nothing wrong with taking a doe 
it's whatever you're after. Right. You know what I mean? Are you after just the meat? Do you do you trophy hunt? Do you do a little bit of both? It's whatever you enjoy, dude. You no, know what I mean? That's I, why I, I got nothing against anybody that takes a small buck, takes a doe. Doesn't matter yeah. to me. I mean, I fucking took a doe. Power to him. I took a doe early October because I wanted to want to get that practice and like. I just love killing shit. So not like a, and not know, a sick morbid. Not a, yeah. Right. But <laughs> I, just, I really enjoy it. So like I wanted to get that out of my system to where I could get picky. Like I'm meeting the freezer. Now I've got that practice where, you know, I kind of messed up on my shot. I made some, I've made those minor detailed um, changes in my mental aspect of slowing it down and, and really thinking about that. Whereas if that was a bigger, bigger buck and that little mistake probably would have been elevated because of stress um, or whatever. I could have completely missed him. And, you know, then I'm scratching my head. So that for me, it was more practice because shooting a deer in the woods in a tree stand is nothing like shooting a target, Tyler Poland. (laughs) Although he'll, he'll uh, argue. I don't think he will now. I don't think he will. He put two fucking arrows through a deer and didn't find it. So, (laughs) and that sucks, man. Because that was a bet and he, he, he was on it and he called it. I'll give it, I'll give it was, to him. But from what he said, a big old boy. So, yeah, I real quick. And then I, I got a couple things for Tyler too, but um, I just wanted to kind of update on my, um, my complaining about my, my private land spot. <laughs> so since I've talked about it in previous episodes, I wanted to kind of bring not the people, not that people even, even really probably fucking care, but uh, I just wanted to uh, throw it out there. Um, most recently, we've had a, a tree spade on the back of a big truck that was in my uh, w- once was a bedding area, and uh, they've been taken out here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, it's a DS, but somewhere in the neighborhood of about fifty immature oak trees with that tree spade back there. So that is kind of just par for the course, man. So yeah. Anyways, just want to throw that out there. I'm kind of glad in a different way because it has forced you to kind of get on my level where I'm like, let's go fucking find the deer. It is fun. I mean, I I like it. I really do. And I was thinking about this the other day and, and so, and this isn't you. Okay. But I was like, it, it took me back to my old days where some people and they get it done like this and I'm not fucking harping on them, but this is not me. Um, they have the same exact tree stand they go into every year. They don't do any prep on their, their shit and they get it done. Cool. I mean, whatever. I don't feel like that's hunting. I feel like it's waiting for whatever and just taking advantage, which is awesome. Cool. I want to hunt these fuckers. Yeah. I want to find them. I want to get as close as I can to them. I want to trick them. And like I said, that, that part wasn't you because you do the prep, you do the scouting, you do the, you're planting, you're, you're cutting shit out. Like you work your ass off in the off season to where you can just kind of sit back and wait and let it all play out the way you've designed it to. Yeah. Well, like I cool. said, I mean, on that piece of private last season and, and Tyler here hunted with me, you know, a handful of times, I had two stands. That was it. Right. We postseason, we did some scouting on that uh, private ground. And I think total now, I, like I said, it's eight or nine stands. I right. don't remember exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I, I hung them. I, I did all the work that I thought so, I needed to yeah. do. And, and, you know what I mean? And I know so, we've kind of yeah. touched on this before, but like, you know, you don't have to work your ass off now because you worked your ass off in exactly. the off season exactly. where you can just walk in and climb up yep. a tree and be ready to hunt and be in the game. So, for sure. you know, hunting public, you don't, you don't, you put in the, the time for scouting. If you want, you don't have to, um, but it's hard to scout for deer in the off season, at least for me, because the sign's not fresh. Um, whereas in the seasons that your best time to scout, but you know, other than that, you can't go plant food plots or, you can't really make big major cuts to any trees and, and shit like that. So like, you can't really do that, that extra work that you're putting in. Sure, so sure. those are the two ways that I, I have my most respect for. So yeah, it, it's fun. Like I said, I enjoy it and it'd be honest. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad it's happened as well. I'm just, the one thing that will be a, a fucking total win for me. And I don't know that that's going to happen, but as if somehow I can see a deer that I know from my private ground, on that public oh yeah that's gonna be the win because i know my deer are like i've said before are their public public land deer right because it butts right up to it and i know my my spot other than having doe bedding i know it doesn't hold those bucks um so if i can come across that i'm really gonna i'm really gonna be pretty uh pretty excited well and honestly i think you have a a really good chance of that because whenever i look at the map it kind of seems like the way that you're pushing is the way that they would be because the opposite way is where a lot of that high traffic exactly. yes. walking trails yes. and 
people with their dogs and shit like that. Like those bigger deer, although they might live near that because they know it's kind of safer. They also don't like that human intrusion. Exactly so right. when I look at the map, I'm like, you're definitely making the right move yeah. or the, the move in the right way at least. So I, I'm pretty confident you're going to find a, a nice buck that you've had on camera. Uh, yeah, I hope I do. And, and uh, you know, I think I, I know I mentioned this to Devin and I think I mentioned it to you too, Tyler. I don't know what you guys' take on this is and feel free to chime in when I get down here and especially anybody that's listening, uh, your take on it as well. So this new spot that I'm at right now where I finally found a deer, it was my first evening sit there. Um, I heard that. You know, I've heard, we've all heard grunts uh, all, all the time. especially Dude, more than this year. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean. It's really cool. I can't speak for you guys, but typically the grunts that I hear are a short, soft, soft uh, a grunt. And you hear that, and, and and it's just, that's typically what I hear. Well, my first evening huh, at this new spot, I heard that long, drawn out, very deep, and it was relatively loud grunt. My thought was that had to come from a, a sizable buck. What's your guys' take on that? You know anything about that? Because no. I don't. Hold on, give me one second. It's showing my disc space low even though I freed it. I'm going to pause it really quick. We're back on. Um, I don't know if it's going to work or not. We'll just, we'll just keep rolling. If it stops, and I'll make something happen. But go ahead. What's your thoughts on that, Tyler? So I honestly haven't heard much running this year. I did get snort wheezed at one time, but that was about it. Is that by your wife? <laughs> no, not by my <laughs> wife. But I was climbing down from a, a tree because some neighboring people had walked onto their property and it was real close to where I was. So I thought my hunt was screwed. Well, as I'm climbing down, there's a, a decent 10 pointer about 30, 40 yards away from me. I granted I'm coming from 16 feet up in the air and I'm down to like eight feet. And I already dropped my bow down. So I hit him with a grunt just to see what he does. And he's, he seems kind of interested, but he's not sure if he wants to come in. Well, right before I was getting down, I had snort wheezed at him and I heard a snort wheeze come, come back to me from behind me. And I had a, a nice mature buck had come in right behind me and he was maybe 15 yards away from me. And I had somehow without these bucks noticing pulled up my bow and I had it in my hand, but I couldn't get turned around. But back to what you were saying is I watched a YouTube video the other day about the, I forget the hunter's name, but he was, um, he did a real long drawn out grunt. And he said that that's typically what he uses to kind of, show like a Dominance. breeding buck okay breeding yeah that's what he had said and i can't remember the hunter's name but he throughout the whole video it shows him he shot a i want to say it was probably 160 inch deer but he would nice. grunt just a real short grunt at him and then he'd do the long hmm. like probably two or three second grunt and it that's you interesting. Could, his cameraman was focused on that buck, and you could just see that buck just get more and more pissed off because yeah. he wanted to come and mate. He wanted to come breed that doe, and that other buck was messing with him. Well, and to kind of go off what you just said, sorry, that many noises hit the mic. Um, I was watching a video as well, and, and there again, I, I don't recall which one it was. This like I've watched a ton, but um, it was one. It's a professional hunter. Uh, he he kind of said the same thing you just said he was hunting a specific buck um he said he had numerous encounters with it on one encounter he said essentially uh, that it came down this hill and just let out this long deep roar essentially so and it was a big deer that killed him but like i said i don't know if that goes hand in hand with every deer if it's like people where we all have different voices some deeper than others and you know not necessarily based on the size of the person right. I, I have no idea so i don't know man it, it's hard telling we obviously don't know much but um you know every buck that i've heard grunt this year and there's been a couple decent ones it's all been that i, I think what you've called a tending grunt where it's mm -hmm. just very soft and short that meh, meh almost nonstop, but it's very short. Um, and then you see these trail cam video. I saw a trail cam video on Facebook, I think. And this fucker grunted for like 14 seconds straight. Jesus. Like it was just, it was nuts. And that brings up a good point because something that I guess I never really thought of is maybe there are different grunts for, like you said, it could be. Deer, yeah. uh, maybe 
dominance yeah, or yeah, I don't I mean, know. number thing. Because I know like my deer I killed last year, you know, good buck, big big boy. Whenever I heard him come in, I saw him before I heard him. Then he went out of sight, and then I heard him, and he was doing those little tending grunts, I guess you called it. Uh, right. and they weren't real loud either, so it's, it's hard telling. Yeah, and all those came from deer that I saw were pushing does. Yeah, so if anybody knows, I'd be kind of curious to uh, pick your brain. But, and I think also there, there could be. I mean, I'm just throwing devils out. So is this a paid program you're using? You had to buy it? It's showing 16 more minutes. No, yep. this is all for Get it wrapped up. Then. Yep. So I, I just told Tyler when you stepped out, I kind of just wanted to spend, we'll spend maybe just, Tyler, 10 minutes or so, uh, I guess kind of run us through your season, uh, how it started. Real quick, um, if there was a transition there that doesn't make sense, it's because I'm computerly stupid and the computer I have is equally as stupid. So we ran out of disk space and it took a, little, took a while to figure it out, but whatever, we got, we got a few more minutes, so we're going to roll real quick. So go ahead. Yep, Sorry. So Tyler, where, kind of where you started, uh, where, you know, how your season's going, where you're at now, what adjustments, things of that nature, and then maybe touch real quick on, uh, what you already have a little bit on your, on your target deer. So I'm just going to kind of let you take it away, uh, with, with, with how your season started, kind of what you're doing. So. Well, so I got out very first season, October Pri- 1. Private land, correct? Yeah, on private land. New permission property this year. Yeah, and Devin actually knew the guy, and I actually somehow beat him to it. But Devin's been out there. and Clint. beating things. Yeah, Devin <laughs> and Clint have both been out there hunting with me. Unfortunately, when Clint came out, he didn't have as good of a hunt, and then we got ruined by the property, the next-door property owners as well. But... I shot a 13-pointer a on October 2nd, so two days into the season. Now, I shoot a Bowtech Assassin, and it's a real old bow. I'm pulling 63 pounds on it. I had a real lightweight arrow. Well, I hit that buck in the shoulder joint, and my arrow literally just bounced off of him. I found my arrow completely intact, had a little bit of blood on it. <laughs> A little bit of fat in the broadhead. It sheared off, almost completely sheared off one of the blades from my hypodermic. And I only shoot 100 grains. But we, me and Clint had actually weighed the arrows for me. And it was only, what, like 350 grains? Yeah, of weight. pretty much your standard weight. Yeah, so I actually, I upgraded. And I was my, on your ass. <laughs> like, every day after that, like, get heavier arrows. And you're like, well, my bow's not as good. I'm like, that's an even better reason to get heavier arrows. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up switching. I got, I got 125 grain shock waves that are, have bone crusher tips in case I ever have that bad, sh- a bad shot again. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I am terrible at judging distances. I just recently got a range finder. So I'm, I'm doing better, but I obviously. Well, it, and it's different range or uh, you know, I can look at the door and say that looks like it's X amount of yards away, but I'm not stressed out right now. Yeah. I'm not yeah. in a tree. Like you know, everything fucking changes, changes yep. when you're in, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, it was pretty close to like end of shooting light. So you got low light, you've got yes. stress. He's a big fucking deer. Like this is the second day of season. So you haven't seen, had a deer in front of you probably hardly at all yet so there's just a lot more to it man well i will say october one between my morning and evening hunt i seen upwards of 50 50 deer mostly doe and real immature bucks now october 2nd i didn't see as many i seen it probably 15 in the morning and the only deer i seen that evening was that 13 pointer and it was right before the end of light and it was i want to say a 30 yard shot and I judged it at 40, so my shot went high and hit that shoulder. If I would have had that range finder, I probably would have got a kill on that night. And I ended Shit up... happens. It's part of hunting, I ended up switching to some full metal jackets. Yeah, yeah, you got... 12, I, I, I like that arrow. I've ran them before. You know? They're 12 grains per inch, so they're a little bit heavier than the ones that you had. Right. But I tell you what... The, well, I, that I run now, but I actually... I still have the same the fmjs oh, as yeah. well i just don't run them anymore yeah so i my arrow shoots it definitely shoots a lot slower but you can just hear how much more impact there is and it sinks a lot well, deeper. i, into I the can target. guarantee without even being next to your bow with your old arrows and your new arrows i bet your bow is thinking you as well i bet it's uh, i bet it's quieter the bow itself the shot um it's just every time I've seen that, even our bows, like I was shooting a light arrow out of the verdicts yeah. at 75 pounds and it almost sounded like it was 
about to explode every time. And then I got those FMJs and um, just the weight difference. It was like it quieted my bow down significantly. Like it felt like that was a better thing for my bow. Sure. You know, yeah. even though my arrow might have been slower. I mean, it is what it is. And I really do want to dive into arrow stuff yeah. in a later later episode because sure. I, I get kind of fired up with that stuff. So, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah. So, Tyler, so yeah, you, you had an encounter with a nice 13 point. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, I guess kind of go into, you know, what... Uh, what 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 changes have you made? I mean, I know the I know the property is not great big, uh, but I do know too that you you've moved around. Uh, you've already talked about you changed your arrow setup. Uh, you're you got a future probably bow change. I'm guessing. Um, uh, you know, I guess what uh, what have you done to try to increase your odds there on that piece of property that you're hunting? I mean, you know, have you done food plots? Have you you know are are you hunting? Are you hunting bedding? What do you what are you doing exactly? So my property has three different bedding areas and I'm right smack in the middle of them. Um, right now I moved to one of my more permanent stands, which is the, just like a $45 stand that I got from rule King and some sticks. And I call them permanent stands because they're harder to change. Sure, sure. Whereas a ladder stand, you, if you got somebody there with you, you can throw that thing up real quick. So I moved my, I moved to one of my ladder stands into a cor- the corner of the property towards a cow pasture where I've seen a lot of bucks moving through. And so far I've, I've only hunted it once or twice and it's been since the creek's been flooded. So it's been real tough. The deer just aren't wanting to cross that creek. So they're not really coming back to that side of the property. And for late season, I moved that permanent stand over to the field edge overlooking the ag field and i actually used a full set of sticks on that and i actually took an additional stick to get up just a little bit higher because right on that ag field there's a hill that the direction that those deer are coming from they can give you a scissor scissor lift yeah as high (laughs) as you like to fucking go good so that they have that hill right there so whenever they come up that hill they'd be pretty much staring directly at me no, I I still got to go back and do some trimming, but I'm I'm real excited about this late season hunt. I know a couple the owners had told me that they had seen my one of my target bucks out there last season just constantly during daylight hours feeding out of that ag field near where I put my stand. So I'm hoping that he doesn't get taken out during shotgun season and he comes back to feed in that ag field. And I, hopefully get a shot at him and and like i said just kind of wrap things up i know you've had some adversity you had shotgunners in there you had some other people hunting that land with you it's a small piece of property you know it kind of sucks we've all had to deal with it but uh it's one of those deals where you're just kind of rolling with the punches and doing what you can so uh i'm not trying you know trying to cut you short but (laughs) i think think our technical issues are are coming up on us here real quick so if you want to kind of wrap us up yeah um dude baker thanks for coming and sitting and just kind of shooting shit with us um again we kind of been tough getting in here with um covid and me and poland had all that time off but now we're back to work and we're on complete opposite schedules so we're we're still grinding we're still trying to get this shit figured out um the flooring is almost done or starting to get laid in the pig pen and the rest of my basement so we're we're making progress there um so yeah wrap it up real quick we appreciate the fuck out of everybody that's listened to us so far um, even more the people that have reached out to us and have given us good reviews, bad reviews. I mean, anything, if we can get better. Um, I know I talk a lot. That's one of the worst reviews that I got everybody <laughs> off. That's just who I am. Um, I'm working on it, but no, thank you to everybody that's listened to us. Yes. It's reached out to yeah, us. Thank you. Um, man, we're, we're grinding the end of the season out. We're going to get, get close to some food. We're going to try to, um, get it fucking done for everybody. And, um, bunch of couple tags hopefully so hopefully with a little luck next episode maybe Devin or i will have something to talk about uh hopefully get some antler on the ground gotta hope but if not it is what it is we're we're still learning we're still having a blast doing that we're having a blast doing this so 